If you want success, then you must risk defeat. Written and read by Ben Netterfield. They say you never know if you've bitten off too much until you start to chew. Some mornings getting out of bed and putting socks on takes an awful lot of chewing. But if you don't do that, you don't get to walk out into the sunshine. On go the socks. Let the sweating, sucking of big breaths and chewing begin. To truly live life, there are two sides to everything. Joy, sadness, success, failure, pain, tolerance, pain, overwhelmed, adventure, inaction, fear, courage, growth, stagnation, love, heartache, endure, discontinue, accept, reject, commit, stop, motion, inertia. Fear is a word. We all know the word. Once spoken, each of us will have something lurking in our subconscious, or perhaps right there in our conscious thoughts, that we can bring to the forefront in an instant and let the demons of our imagination play the nerve endings like a child learning the violin. Fear can gobble you up, or feed you slowly devouring little parts of your flesh and consuming your very character, bleeding your strength to stand back up, and you will see things with any form of perspective or rationale. However, the treasure we seek is often hidden in the cave we fear to enter. Going through the pain is that dark cave for me. Unfortunately, it is equally true for me. The only way to improve the pain is by going through it. So headlamp on, spare batteries packed, as this may take a while. Off I must go, putting one foot in front of the other until the headlamp is done its job and I have travelled far enough through rehabilitation so I can turn it off and the real walking and the grind continues. 2017. I was on a flight to Bali with my family. However, fear was slowly tapping at my conscious thoughts and sapping my strength. I was chewing like crazy, but I wasn't sure if this time I'd bitten off way too much. I've been expecting fear and doubt to rear their ugly heads on this trip. Does that make it any better? No, to be honest it definitely doesn't change the sensation. But you are ready to address the situation. I knew why. Over the previous 22 months, I'd spent many hours going through rehabilitation in an endeavour to get back to basic health and movement, and to a large extent, I now had. So to me, for the first time, I was in a position in my mind I actually had something to lose with activities and adventures. The risk versus reward was in a much different context. As before, I was always in pain. It was only the depth that varied from agony to catastrophic. Now there was light in the tunnel. So if I overdid it or caused too much strain on any number of old injuries, I could be left with another long rehab or worse, loss of function. Writing this blog, I know how it turns out. However, in the lead up, I can say the doubts were piling up against my inner walls, trying hard to flood over my defences and leave me sinking into the abyss. Forks in the road, 3am. Dave's smiling face comes into my headlamp beam. How are you going? He asks. Dave isn't in my very small inner circle, but I definitely consider him a friend, as you should always have a friend who holds some of the keys to your very cool adventures and goals. As a friend, this is Dave, well and truly. However, at this point in time, was he? Mm, possibly not. More like the captain on my pain threshold at the moment. This trip had been postponed a few times due to a volcanic activity once and a fairly traumatic injury an injury suffered in an accident almost two years previously. So this adventure had taken on a sense of resetting the benchmark and slaying a few demons that had lurked far off in the hidden cupboards of my mind. So here I was, on the side of a volcano, possibly close to an eighth of the way up. 
Though I told myself just before I'd see Dave's face appear out of the darkness, I was much closer to a quarter, maybe even a third, I thought. Ha ha ha. How's I going? Truthfully, my ankle was killing me. The pain was firing through my body, making each step both painful and difficult. It was hard to develop any power consistently for each ascending footfall, and I was scared I wouldn't be able to do it. In all honesty, at this point, do I hit the... No, mate, I need to head back. It's too much for me. I can't do it. Where do you reach that point of no return? Partly what drives me on is this fact. I'm a paragliding pilot, and part of that adventure was to trek up Mount Agung, then strap myself into the harness and let my glider float me down effortlessly to the fields far below, near the coast. At this stage, it was this picture in my mind's eye that was driving me on, so I simply replied, making a joke, that I guess we're about a halfway now. The rest of the trek was maybe easier. Dave laughed and said, yeah, we're possibly halfway, through the tree line that is. But even that was exaggerating the truth a bit. He looked at me again for a moment. We could hear most of the rest of the group up ahead stopping as the guys were taking a small offering to the gods. I smiled and simply said, isn't it funny how the least of my injuries from two years previously was now giving me the most grief, but I'll be okay. Definitely male bravado kicked in. And off I continued. Hours and hours later, well and truly past the point of no return now. One more step, one more. At this time the sun was coming up and we'd gone past the tree line, with an epic view of the mountainside coming into a light show just for us. At this stage I was with a group of fratlanders, as we like to call ourselves. We had each grown up in the vast plains of Australia and as such our muscles, or as my core strength and fitness trainer Miles liked to tell me, I thus had a pancake bum far from the buns of steel, which he was working desperately to develop. Aren't at all geared for the uphill ascents, rather for a long, open, rolling stride that let you hold a continuous pace for hours in the hot sun and vast, horizontal plains. There we were, joking and pausing, to look at the views and encouraging each other to keep going. Only a little bit more. God knows how many times we repeated that phrase. The mountain wasn't breaking us, we were breaking it. Meanwhile, monkeys skip past, giving us a little attention unless we pause for food or water. Then we became a passing interest, just in case something was left behind. I was too tired and fatigued at this stage to really feel the pain anymore. I'd added to my mental picture of the flight down and how proud my partner would be once I got back to the motel. All the hard work going the long months in hospital and during the rehab, this would also be a reward for her, not that she needed it was pleased with the progress I'd already made. She'd always been generous, well and truly above the call of duty, and hadn't complained with my sleeplessness, and affected her own for many months as she continued to work and look after me all other hours of the day and night. This was for me, but it was also to show those around me that their efforts had been worthwhile, because look how far I'd come, trudging up this bloody mountain. With the sun rising and the train getting steeper, one more step, one more step, makes you closer. The huge advantage I had was there was one of our group who was still further down the mountain. I'm not ashamed to admit it, I used his presence to keep me spurring on. I didn't know what kept him driving him on because in my mind's eye he was my hero. He'd been struggling worse than me from the very early on and during the dark hours I'd seen his headlamp below me still moving and during the daylight hours I could still see him coming around the corner or over a crest and there he was continuing no matter how weary he was, 
what seemed many times he kept going that drove me on too. He's not a quitter, so neither am I. Then finally, the rest of the group was there. Hurrah! I'd made it. Sit down, enjoy the view, and the fact the job was done. The view was breathtaking, and that effort and risk were starting to wash away. All I had to do now was take in the view, and then prepare to set up and launch off this mountain. Except, of course, that's not what happened. The wind gods weren't in our favour, so instead of flying down to the beautiful coastline below, the decision had to be made to walk back down. This was both the greatest test of my resilience to date and the least. The first two hours or so was both scary and extremely painful. Sidestepping, slipping, sliding, terrifying small gravelly stones that rolled the moment your boot was placed on them, and they sent sharp pains up and down my pelvis and spine, crawling down your bum so as not to fall off the mountain, to take your mind off the fear that was spreading through my body like a winter man's flu virus. I kept repeating to myself with every step, it's just like a big session with Miles. Could even see his smiling face and words of encouragement. Buns of steel. Love the burn. He's consistently telling me I have pancake bum. Possibly this is one of those times a big stable glute muscle would have been really handy. But alas, this is what I have for now. Instead, all I had was this. What seemed like this burn for doing a thousand crunches. All this inner struggle raged inside my exhausted body and mind. Can I honestly put one more foot down in front of the other? Can I risk it? Do I want to risk it? How much will it hurt this time? The other side of was coming up with a simple and truthful argument. Well, actually, this is the only way to get down this mountain and out of this situation. The only way it's going to happen is if I continue to move. One more bloody step at a time. Life can be tough like that. As Winston Churchill once said, if you're going through hell, keep going. So onward I went. The trip down became tough and everyone was finding it. I definitely wasn't Robinson Crusoe in my suffering. Small groups came together to just be in each other's company and laugh and joke and poke fun at our situation. We were all physically tired and our brains were fatiguing too, which made for some very funny moments that only made sense to those on the hill at the time, but to us they sparked their energy to keep going. Then, 16 hours later from when we'd left the motel, I was back there. What had seemed like a lifetime was in fact less than a day. Less than a day of pain, and yet the fear-shredding monsters that had swelled in my brain pre-trek had made the possibility of further injury and a whole lot more suffering seem worse than the accident itself. I'd had a thought my pain story was the only one that mattered on that mountain, and in a way that is true, as I was the only one that could keep going in my own little moment. However, that wasn't the only one on the mountain. In fact, apart from the huge sense of achievement in setting this gold and managing to see it through, I got to hear and see other people's journey, be inspired by some, gobsmacked by others. These guys all kept going when it was tough. Some thrived, some went ballistic, some slogged it out. Many doing it for reasons you could never have picked from the outside cover they showed to the world. But the effects of the mountain stripped all that away, leaving connections outside your own inner sphere. Pain and trauma can often leave you feeling singular, but the mountain joined the dots of the similarities that help you feel, yes, your story is unique, but our thoughts, fears and anxieties can be very relatable. This trip had it all, a goal carefully laid out with strategies for different milestones and markers to reach. Things were ticked off and progress towards the final intention. 
However, most of the time, I wasn't smashing out the markers I'd set out, merely just getting to them at best. That was frustrating at times and caused for more than a little anxiety at others. But progress was mostly going in the right direction, so I just needed to accept this is where I am at the moment. The effort both mentally and physically that was being put in at times was basically all I could sustain with any form of consistency so as to not burn myself out. I was very conscious of my fatigue levels, so for better or worse, recovery versus improvement meant choices. Some were made for me when the brain fog descended like a disorientating weight, slowly pulling me into the unfocused state of weariness. Others were choices of hoping you were doing the right thing, listening to your body to rest at times, and yet dragging your ass out of bed and making yourself do the work at other times. The trouble with recovery, you aren't always sure which is which. Trusting the program and knowing when things are extended you need to come off the maximum effort or when you just need to keep trudging and going through the grind. Setbacks and high fives from what seemed like nothing at all except to me. One of the big oh yeah moments came just three weeks before getting on the plane. I had a moment after a gym session where I wasn't utterly exhausted from the session itself. As I walked back to the car I wasn't feeling surrounded by a painful exhausting soul fog. I had finally achieved a sense of stanima, again at long last. Prior to that session, everything had been a personal cost that never seemed to overlay the progress. But that session was different. That session was a definite win for the home team, a boost to the confidence, and let's face it, the ego. Five days before the climb, my ankle had totally seized up, and I couldn't even walk up slight incline without it giving me waves of stabbing pain. I was feeling very anxious and defeated. All that planning and work and I wouldn't even make it to the base, let alone the top. Had to calm my thoughts, which were in racing hyperdrive. All I could actually matter now was to solve the problem. Lucky we were staying in a motel with access to stairs and off I went to walk and walk and walk, climbing up and down those stairs. The first two complete rotations of bottom to top required me to hold on to the handrails and tried desperately not to swear, at least not out loud, every time my foot hit the ground. But by the third lap, I wasn't holding onto the rails and only swearing a little. Nearly two hours later, and I was in place mentally where the climb was back on. The anchor wasn't great, but it was acceptable, and I felt with good walking poles I could pull this off. The risk versus reward had tipped in my favour, just that I had to keep moving as much as possible between now and then. Life is so often about momentum. Even if you just keep crawling, keep shuffling, keep staying engaged, Though it doesn't seem it, it's a huge advantage over life's complete stop. Wiggle a finger, blink, and you're still shuffling forward. Mission well and truly accomplished. Success. Does it get any better than that? Well, for three or four weeks, I was absolutely floating on cloud nine, feeling proud with my huge sense of achievement. My body and mind felt clear and fittish for the first time in years. However, then the crash came. I was exhausted so tired and needing comfort food and drinks to make it even into the afternoon. I regained weight and skipped gym sessions, finding excuses. I needed a new goal to help me get back on track. The trouble is, nothing came to mind, and I bounced around for ages, getting frustrated and waves of motivation and demotivation. Unrealistic challenges and others that were cancelled outside my control. Drowning in tiredness from being a rudderless ship and feeling of being pathetic and not being able to land on a direction or find a path. The mind can be harsh and impatient at times. Sometimes order can't always be demanded from the chaos of daily life. 
Finding a meaningful goal after doing something epic is difficult at times, especially when you're not in some form of cycle. A sports person on an Olympic four-year journey or a seasoned season build-up. Time just rolls on, not caring if yesterday was epic or just getting out of bed worthy. It only matters to you. Still, we all won't mind some marching in the streets fanfare at times for our own personal best, for that's what life's about, achieving our own personal best, getting socks on in under 10 minutes, being drenched in sweat, reading two or three sentences on a page without getting a headache and remembering what you just read five minutes later, which is what the brain trauma feels like. Until I came to the conclusion, I didn't need an immediately big gold. I need to be in the right position so as to be open for an opportunity when it arrives, both mentally and physically. Now I had something to sit with. Getting knocked down is tough, getting back up is hard, but sometimes the greatest battle you face is staying up. The simple goal of relaxing, being the best you can in the now, and keep progressing, means remaining open and exploring different avenues for possible adventures, then being ready to line up and take them. Six months later, three opportunities start to fall into place all at once, and now I can plan the next big adventure and keep looking for something beautiful and interesting in every day. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you with your pain journey and your recovery into a better life in your future. And remember, the biggest thing you can do is just do the best you can on each and every day. Take care. All the best of luck.